I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I, of course, am Christine Gripman, and I'm coming at you every week with a new interview with a special guest expert about a specific element of branding, especially personal branding. Today, we're actually doing something I don't always do. A lot of times I'm having conversations with these experts about things that I myself geek out over and know a lot about. Today, we are focusing on one of my biggest weaknesses. We're talking about measurement. We're talking data. We're talking analytics. We're talking all those kind of mathy words that some of us marketers maybe aren't as comfortable with as we really ought to be because they do matter. I think we all kind of know at this point that being able to measure our efforts really does matter and really should factor into our future strategies. So that's why I'm so excited today to talk to Katie Robert of Trust Insights. Trust Insights is all about using data to make better marketing decisions moving forward. So Katie and I are going to talk today about measuring the impact of your branding. What does that even mean? What are we going for? And how do we know what works? What does works even mean? So without any further ado, let's bring her on. Hello, Katie. So good to have you here with us today. Thank you for having me, Christine. I'm excited to talk about anything data and measurement. That's that's the stuff that I geek out on. So I'm excited. Yes. And, and that's and that's why, you know, we need that, because the fact is, otherwise, with marketing, with branding, with content creation, with all that stuff, you're just spinning your wheels. It can be really fun. But the fact is, it can get exhausting. It can get discouraging if things aren't working. And a lot of times it's just a matter of looking and of knowing where to look and how to look. So I think we're going to kick things off with that. What are some things that people just don't think to look at that would really change the game if they just gave it a minute? Well, in terms of brand and measuring your brand, the first question I always ask people is, what to you is a measure of success for your brand? And this is going to be a different answer for everybody. So for, you know, for Trust Insights, for example, I want to be I want the company to be recognized as leaders in the data analytics space, in the marketing space, as people who can handle the heavy duty. So it's about people talking about us in the right ways that then leads to our website for people to explore our services. And so for us, that's a success of brand awareness. For other brands or for personal brands, success might be you know, immediately driving sales or success might be number of followers on social media. And so that's where I always want to start with, you know, brand measurement is what is it that you need to measure? What is your actual measure of success? And from there, you can start to figure out what metrics you would need. Now, a lot of, you know, brands in terms of brand awareness, you know, there's a lot of SEO tools and there's a lot of social listening tools and there's, there's no shortage of tools. And so really focusing in on what is your measure of success will start to narrow down and make 
measuring brand a heck of a lot less daunting. And that's the thing. People aren't measuring and they don't know what they're even trying to measure. They don't know what their goal should even be. So how do you start there? How do you figure out what your goal even should be? Because the fact is everyone would ideally love to have all of it. They'd love to have a whole bunch of followers. They'd love to have a whole bunch of engagement on their content. They'd love the social listening to be through the roof. Everyone's talking about them and they'd love that money. So how do people figure out what they should really be focusing on as a primary goal? Well, so one of the things, you know, so what, so what we do is we break down our SEO into branded and unbranded search. And so that gives us at least a good baseline of how well-known Trust Insights is. So people who are searching directly for the name Trust Insights versus searching for uh, a topic that we might talk about, such as, you know, how do I set up Google Analytics or, you know, how do I do an SEO audit? should lead back to Trust Insights, but people weren't initially aware of Trust Insights in order to search for us by name. And so we take a look at that data first, and then that helps us understand, is there more content that we should be producing, or are there more conversations that we should be participating in that helps us demonstrate our expertise in the fields and topics that we want to be known for? And therefore, people can start to associate answers to questions with Trust Insights. And so that's one of the approaches that we take is taking a look at our branded and unbranded search traffic. And so if there's no branded search traffic, nobody knows who we are. So it's like um, what conversations you want to be mentioned within, what existing conversations you want your name to come up in. That's exactly it. Um, you know, we all we all want to be talked about. That's yeah. why we do what we do. And we all want to be talked about in the right places. And so there's actively joining those conversations, but then there's people who are like, oh, you know who fixes that problem? Katie at Trust Insights. You know who can tell you about your brand? Christine knows everything about it. And so you not actively having to seek out those conversations, to me, a really good mark of strong and healthy brand awareness is when you're not even involved in the conversation, people are just talking about you. And as you said, one way to find that out is via tools and softwares that are built around social listening. Mm -hmm. And you want to put in search terms and things like that you want to be found for, not necessarily just your brand. So that's really smart because you may not even know what conversations are taking place if you're not in them. That's exactly it. And, you know, one of the for like companies that are just starting or companies that don't feel like they have a strong brand awareness, especially on social media, finding those you know, unbranded topics to insert yourself into is a really good place to start because then you're showing up in those communities, you're showing up in those threads, those conversations, those posts, and people are like, oh, you know what? You know, Christine has a really, you know, strong portfolio of work that she's done. Let me share it with other people because I found it beneficial. I might be able to, you know, help somebody out who doesn't even know that, you know, this is a thing. And so you start to build those advocates who are talking about you on your behalf, those loyalists. Um, so they've become aware of you. They're fans of your stuff. And now they're sort of doing your marketing for you because you have demonstrated that you know what you're talking about. And I think that's also part of the equation is you can't just show up one day and say, hey, I'm a brand, start talking about me. You have to give people something to talk about. I believe that was Reba McIntyre. <laughs> so what I think it was Bonnie Raitt 
Oh, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. (laughs) Different redhead, you know. So so that's one element, which is chatter, measuring how much your conversation is coming up in the right conversations. Are there kind of separate ways to measure that relevance? Because it's one thing for people to be talking about you. It's another thing for the right people to be talking about you in the right ways. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things that uh, we often do, especially around conference season, is we do what we call a network map. And so the network map is um, basically, a, it, it also shows who's talking about you. So for example, if, you know, Christine, you and I have both spoken at Inbounds, and I believe that's actually where we met a few years ago. And so one of the things that you can do is you can look at different hashtags and different, you know, main handles like Inbound, uh, at Inbound being the main handle. And you can start to see the connection points and the larger in the analysis, the larger the circle, the more connection points there are of that brand, that handle, that person being talked about. And so if you're not showing up in the conversation, if you're not connecting with the right people, then you're not likely to be getting any kind of awareness, even if you're standing on stage and you're speaking and people are showing up to your session. It's almost like the Pixar didn't happen kind of a thing. If people aren't then also talking about it in some context, mentioning you in their newsletter, talking about you on their social media, then what was the point? Then, you know, other people can't necessarily find out about it. Love that. So and and I'm thinking of those incredible maps. I know that Trust Insights posts sometimes at events. I always love seeing where I appear on them, I always like being in the summary as one of the people who are making a lot of those connections. It's, that's so my jam. And I'm going to be doing that next week at Inbound for sure. I'm not speaking this year, but very And we'll definitely have one of those ready and up on our website and on Twitter. Or <laughs> just airing after Inbound. So definitely yes. <laughs> check out what we did there. All right. Yes. So that's measuring awareness and being talked about and to some degree relevance. What are some other ways that people can look to to measure the success of their branding, content, influence efforts? So one of the things that we do is we use attribution reporting. And so attribution reporting in a nutshell is who gets credit for what. Um, And so we oftentimes do this in the context of all of your digital marketing channels and which of your digital marketing channels hold the most weight, essentially. in terms of driving sales or whatever the goal is that you have tied to your digital marketing. Most of the time, majority of them are sales, purchase, heart fills, those kinds of things. And so using attribution modeling, we specifically use Markov chain modeling, which allows for almost kind of like, if you think about it like a basketball game, you have a bunch of players on the court and, you know, I might pass to you and you might pass to Chris and Chris might pass it back to me. And then I see you have an opening and you take a shot and you make the goal or you make the basket. That's the way that Markov chain modeling works is it takes all of those different players, all of the supporting roles into consideration, but then also highlights the one that's doing the most work. And so the one that's, you know, bringing things over the finish line or putting the ball in the hoop. Um, And so you can use that in context of, you know, we really promote ourselves through the email newsletter that we have, um, Inbox Insights. And so is that newsletter driving awareness? Is it driving people, you know, over the finish line or is it just doing nothing for us? And so we can measure 
our brand awareness that way. You can also dig into specific pages on your website. We call this the most valuable pages using the same kind of attribution analysis to understand which pages on your website are doing the heavy lifting. And so if you're finding that your services pages or your about us pages are doing a lot of the heavy lifting of driving people over the line to take whatever action your goal is, then you know that you have really good brand awareness because people are like, oh, yes, that's a brand I want to work with. I understand exactly what it is that they do. And I, I need whatever it is that they're, that they're you know, selling, whatever help it is that they can offer. Now, that is all, all always fascinating to me, especially the attribution. That's where social media tends to fall down a little bit for a lot of people. They say, oh, social media is not working. But that's because they don't necessarily know how to measure mm-hmm. um, where social media is playing into the puzzle. I'd like right. to expand that to not just social media, to content marketing in general, mm-hmm. including things like email, including all sorts of things. What are some good ways to understand how that's playing in? Because a lot of times that can be what gets the ball rolling, but it's not necessarily the last touch. So how can we factor that in and make sure we're paying attention to what's working there? And so using the same methodology, using an attribution analysis, you can find out where your marketing falls within that customer journey. So a digital customer journey might be comprised of awareness, consideration, evaluation, purchase, and then um, loyalty, evangelism, et cetera. But if you think about those four main pieces of a customer journey, which is awareness, consideration, evaluation, and then purchase, you can use that analysis to try to figure out where does social media fall within those four stages? Is social media primarily driving people to my website? That's the awareness stage. You know, is social media primarily driving people to my newsletter? That might be your evaluation or consideration. Uh, Is social media driving people directly to my purchase page? That is obviously then purchase. And so finding out where each of your digital channels fits within your customer journey can help make sure that you're giving the right kind of content and messaging and, you know, helpful information. So for example, if you find that your social media, your Twitter handle is driving the majority of your sales directly to your purchase page. Don't spend your time saying, hi, we're Trust Insights. Let me teach you all about what we do. People already know and they're ready to buy something. And so you can start to adjust your messaging to be buy now. You need this thing. Here's how you get this thing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So ball passes, as it were, are certainly one way to measure the success of different social media channels. 
the social media platforms each have their own sets of built-in analytics tools that probably aren't as good as third-party tools. But can you think of any particular examples of things that people should be perhaps especially aware of if they're looking at their native social media analytics? And you can pick whatever platforms you deal with personally, but I'm curious about that. Yeah, for native social media, um, Supermetrics is a really good connector into a reporting tool like Google Data Studio. And so um, if you're looking at a lot of different social media platforms, then you probably want to start to consolidate things down into one single report, or you can look at, you know, a bunch of different separate reports. You're absolutely right that you don't get the same level of reporting across each social media platform. TikTok, for example, um, it doesn't give you a lot of information. Um, Facebook, I mean, it is what it is. They're constantly changing whatever the heck it is they're doing. LinkedIn notoriously has locked down their analytics from anyone being able to see anything. You get very basic uh, analytics from those. I mean, unless you want to pay like a thousand dollars a year, in which case LinkedIn will tell you everything. They'll tell you what the person who right. looked at your profile had for breakfast that day, but only if you pay. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. and that comes down to, you know, what do you consider to be success of your brand? What are success measures? And so defining those things up front will help you decide, okay, maybe I do really need to pay a thousand dollars to get my LinkedIn analytics, or you know what, my audience isn't on LinkedIn at all. So why am I worrying so much about it? Just because it's an available platform that I could be on doesn't mean I need to be on it. And I think that, you know, as we talk about brand awareness and measuring brand awareness, that's a big part of it as well is where's your audience? Where do you need to meet them where they are so that you can more accurately measure success? Um, you know, trust insights, we have no place being on Facebook. We tried it for a little while. It's not where our audience is, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. And so we abandoned it and we haven't seen any changes in our metric in general wow. because it was never where we were meant to be. Just because it's available to us doesn't mean that our brand belongs there. That's really interesting because I'm sure one of the reasons why people give for not getting rid of Facebook when they're kind of interested in doing so is because they say, but the people are there. Like we need to be in that conversation. So it's really interesting that you have been able to prove with data, not necessarily, not if you're successfully conducting these conversations elsewhere. Well, and that's exactly it. And so, sure, Facebook has however many, you know, billions of people, but the intention of being on Facebook for most people didn't align with what Trust Insights was necessarily trying to do. And so we are a B2B you know, company. And so we're better suited on platforms like Twitter or like LinkedIn. That said, we've also started experimenting with TikTok because we do live streams and videos. And I've started having Chris, my co-founder, do behind the scenes videos of what it's like to travel as a speaker or, you know, what his, you know, desk setup looks like, because those are common questions that we get from a lot of our prospects and clients of Chris. What's on your back shelf? Chris, what is that scary looking thing next to you? You know, and so using. <laughs> what is that jug of liquid? Yeah. Oh, has? see, what you is know that what I'm talking Why? about? Um, <laughs> so as far as I understand, he uh, ho has homeschooled his children for, you know, forever. And so they do science classes. And so I believe it's a jug of 
some kind of dangerous acid for their science experiment. <laughs> but this is the kind of content that people respond to on platforms like an Instagram or a TikTok when they're trying to get the know to know the people behind the brand. It's part of our brand strategy is that, yes, we do data science, but we're also just normal. Well, normal is relative. Normal humans. <laughs> normal people aren't that interesting anyway. Um, so... We talked about social media analytics. Mm -hmm. Now, let's go a little bit. You you sort of alluded to this a little bit, and I know this could be its own episode unto itself, so we'll just dust the surface here. But Google Analytics, mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that everyone has heard of at this point, especially since they're, they're bringing this whole new Google Analytics for. Mm -hmm. So Google Analytics can bring some of this together, right? Like, what exactly is Google Analytics? It's not just analytics to see your Google searches. What all can it do? <laughs> Why does it matter if you really want to get a sense of your overall brand analytics? Yeah. So Google Analytics, in a nutshell, is essentially the system that will tell you what's happening once people come into your ecosystem. And so that could be your website, um, primarily your website. You know, if you have an app, uh, that's one of the things that Google Analytics 4 does really well now um, is connect you know, the connection between an app and a physical website, um, you know, the mobile experience, all of the things. So basically, Google Analytics is really good for connecting the dots of what people, what activity people are taking once they come into your company's ecosystem. It also is really good at telling you where people are coming from. And so, you know, if you have really strong brand awareness of people find out about you on Twitter and then they come to your website to learn more, that's what Google Analytics is going to be able to tell you is, okay, so Christine came from Twitter because she learned about you based on something that you posted. And now she's coming to your website multiple times to find out more of what you do. And here's all the different pages, you know, that she's been exploring. So maybe it's a good opportunity for you to reach back out to Christine and say, hey, you know, it looks like you might have some questions about our Google Analytics for setup services. Is there anything I can help you with? And so. Google Analytics is that foundational piece that you can survive without having a website. You can survive without having Google Analytics. But if you have those kinds of assets, then you need something that tells you what people are doing once they arrive. Because Google Analytics won't tell you all of the activity that somebody took on Twitter. They won't tell you all of the activity and links that they clicked in your email newsletter. But it will tell you people coming from those places into your website to actually take some kind of an action. So it's connecting those dots. Mm -hmm. So my next question is about some dots that maybe kind of show up as blank spaces there, <laughs> uh, which is to say dark social. Mm -hmm. So if you could please first define dark social for the good people at home and then talk about how how that can factor in, because that's something that's a little trickier to figure mm -hmm. out how to measure. So my understanding, and you know, you know, I'm not correct on everything, but my understanding of dark social is it's more akin to the private communities or what Chris, my co-founder, likes to uh, call the velvet robe communities. And so these are communities that aren't sort of like the big players in social media, but they're where a lot of people are gathering, such as Slack or Discord or any of the other uh, social platforms where Data is not readily available for marketers. And that is one of the appeals of these platforms for people is because, I mean, myself included, we're tired of being 
data mined for all of our interests just to be given, you know, a million ads on something we were just curious about for a hot second. And now I'm seeing ads for this thing everywhere. This actually happened to me uh, last week and I messaged them on Twitter is, you know, I was trying to sign in uh, for my fitness watch so I could change some of the settings into the website where I'm already a paying member. And I started getting ads everywhere about signing up to be a member. And so I messaged them and said, hey, I know how this works. Knock it off. And so when we're talking about dark social and these private communities, that's a big part of why people are going to those is so that they can be less attacked, for lack of a better term, by marketers who are trying to find out everything about them. Is uh, that accurate, though? Like, are, mark are some of those social <laughs> communities still being tracked? Because I would imagine they would be. They are, but in a different way. So, for example, we have a free Slack community, Analytics for Marketers, and we're not tracking it in terms of, you know, what people are doing, what their profession is, so that we can target them with ads. In some communities, we can do that. But for us specifically, we're trying to use it as a place to help people make connections, but also, you know, lightly as an awareness tool and demonstrate our expertise. And so when we share links within Slack, we can use what's called a UTM tag, which is what Google Analytics recognizes as your source, your medium, your content, your term, uh, your campaign. And if you're using those, then you can see people who are interacting with you, engaging with you, and then clicking on the links that you share back to your website to learn more. That's where they're coming from. So there are ways to include measurement but the reason, at least my understanding, and we're working on a paper right now, the reason people are more attracted to dark social and these private communities is so that that doesn't happen, so that they can sort of be whoever they want to be without worrying that someone's going to pixel them and show them 8,000 ads about a pair of shoes. Then there's also the dark social of conversations. We have seen that uh, Facebook has actually um, started having messenger threads as an ad option. I haven't seen a ton of that actually come to light, but I know mm -hmm. that, that is a thing. So how can, how can, assuming that it's not as straightforward as they're tracking you in your private DMs, how right. can, how can we sort of measure, how can we have some sense of how much we're coming up in those private conversations? Is there a way of kind of looking at gaps in attribution? You know, what do you think is the best way to get a sense of how much of that we're factoring into? Because that's certainly someplace people want to be. Oh, absolutely. And so, you know, if you start to think a little bit, so this might be less of a data question and just more of a resource question. How much time are your resources or your team or your brand spending in those places? And are you seeing people mention you? Are you seeing your name come up? Uh, are you interacting with anyone who even seems to care about what the thing is that you're saying? Are you sharing links that nobody's interacting with um, that's not driving referral traffic back to your website? And so you can use your attribution data, um, again, sort of using those UTM codes to track any sort of links that you're sharing. But when you start to get into just pure conversation that don't involve driving people back to your website, it does become a little bit more tricky. Um, and so I personally have not yet found a really great way to measure that. If you are a company, for example, that uses Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or any of the other chatbots as part of your brand, then those tend to have some level of 
measurement built in, but you need to configure them in such a way that it's what people want to interact with. And that's really what it comes down to, at least for me, in terms of your brand strategy and brand awareness and the strength of your brand is meeting people where they are versus telling them what you think they want. All right. This has been fascinating to me because, again, this is not my wheelhouse and I need to learn more about it. I'm sure a lot of the people watching or listening want to learn more about it. So thank you. Um, Final question. What is the biggest misconception you find that marketers tend to have when it comes to data and attribution, even if it's just your own personal pet peeve? Mm. That 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 it's a one and done. I guess, and sort of the the old infomercial to set it and forget it. It, like anything else, it needs constant attention and maintenance. You know, and the level of effort is totally up to you. But with your attribution reporting, with your measurement, with understanding what's working and what's not working, if you're only visiting it one time a year, you've missed out on a lot of opportunities and you've probably missed out on a lot of things that are going wrong. And so finding a way to automate your reporting so that you're focusing more on relationship building and taking actions is probably a good way to go. You can automate some of your attribution reporting. You can automate some of your measurement strategy. And so taking those opportunities to do that so that you're not bogged down with 60 hours a week of just mindless PowerPoint reporting is going to serve better. And so I feel like that's the misconception, at least that I've seen the most, is that reporting is the enemy. I'm just going to be buried. And that's just not true. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all of this, Katie. It's been so informative uh, and insightful, one might even say. Now, where can and should people find you and what will they find there? So on Twitter and LinkedIn, you can find me at Katie Robert, just my name, the way it's spelled here. Um, From me personally, you're going to find a lot of conversation about my dog, uh, a lot of conversation about things that confuse me about the world. Um, (laughs) But for our brand, at Trust Insights, which you can find across uh, most social media platforms, you're going to find a lot of information about practical tips about organizational behavior, data analysis, machine learning, artificial intelligence, attribution analysis, basically anything that comes back to data. We're probably talking about it and trying to share helpful tips uh, to anyone who's willing to listen. Dogs provide such clear insight. I mean, the tail wags, you know what that means. The tail doesn't wag. You maybe want to dig into that a little bit more, but mm-hmm. makes life so much easier. A lot less analysis. <laughs> I agree with that. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Katie. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being here. Uh, Definitely come back next week for another episode of Let's Talk About Brand, where we'll be speaking with another wonderful guest expert to get their insights on an important element of branding, especially personal branding. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.